Section four of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume seven, March eighteen ninety six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Peter Cooper and Submarine Telegraphy. In presenting to its readers a chart of the submarine telegraph cables of the world, the National Geographic magazine was unwilling that this graphic representation of intercontinental communication should be unaccompanied by some reference to one of its earliest and most effective pioneers, the late Peter Cooper. It is well to recall to the rising generation its indebtedness to Mr. Cooper for his eminent services in fostering the initiation of the now elaborate network between the widely separated continents of the earth. With considerable reluctance, and only after repeated urging, one of the actors in this great work, the Honorable Abram S. Hewitt, has outlined in a letter all too brief the part played by Mr. Cooper. The letter is as follows. The story of the Atlantic Cable has been so fully and so well told by the Reverend Henry M. Field in his history, published in 1892 by Messrs. Schribner and Sons of this city, that only the briefest outline is necessary to call public attention to the origin of an enterprise which, at the time of its inception, was regarded with incredulity, and whose prosecution and final success have all the elements of a romance. My first knowledge of the enterprise was in 1854, when Mr. Cyrus W. Field invited Mr. Peter Cooper and other gentlemen to listen to the propositions of Frederick N. Gisborne, who had come to New York for the purpose of interesting capital in constructing a line of telegraph across Newfoundland, so as to get the news at Cape Race from the European steamers, and transmit it thence overland to the Gulf of St. Lawrence, and thence by fast steamers to the Cape of Brenton, whence land lines had been constructed connecting with our American system. In that interview no suggestion was made for a cable across the Gulf of St. Lawrence, because it was doubtful at that time whether submarine communication of such length could be established and maintained. The amount of money required was not very considerable, and the gentlemen appealed to, being all men of large views, came to the conclusion that they would contribute to the amount, not so much as a commercial speculation, as from consideration of the advantage of early news in business transactions affecting the two continents. The Newfoundland Company was organized, with Mr. Cooper as its president and Mr. Field as its active manager. The other gentlemen concerned in the undertaking were Moses Tyler, Marshall O. Roberts, Chandler W. White, and, at a later period, Wilson G. Hunt. David Dudley Field also took an interest and was legal advisor of the company. Arrangements were made for the construction of the land line without delay, and later, when the experience of the European submarine cables established the practicability of longer lines, it was decided to lay the cable across the Gulf of St. Lawrence, a distance of about 80 miles. The first attempt to lay this cable was a failure, owing to the imperfect arrangements for transporting the cable across the Gulf, and the occurrence of a storm, which caused the severance of the cable when the vessel engaged in laying it was midway between the two termini. It was determined, however, to renew the attempt, and in the following year a cable was successfully laid, and the original plan of the company for intercepting news at Cape Race was carried into effect. As a matter of course, the enterprise was not a commercial success, 
but its advantages were so apparent that the parties in interest concluded that the time had come to make the attempt to continue the cable from newfoundland to the coast of ireland the idea was a daring one but the highest electrical authorities concurred in opinion that it was feasible mr field proceeded to england to organize a company in which he succeeded and which resulted in the attempt to lay the cable in eighteen fifty seven made by the agamemnon on the british side and by the niagara on the american side i need not rehearse the story of the successive failures but the first one occurred in eighteen fifty seven during the panic of that year which spread wide ruin throughout the country among others mr field was compelled to succumb and it seemed probable that any further attempt to construct and lay the cable would be abandoned it was at this juncture that the strong common sense and unshaken faith of peter cooper came into play when the financial storm had abated he urged mr field to undertake the resuscitation of the enterprise and he offered to advance and actually did advance the money required for mr field's expenditures until such time as the success of the cable might be demonstrated and assured some of the other gentlemen declined to participate in these advances and hence the burden upon mr cooper was very onerous and gave great concern to his family nevertheless mr field soon recovered his confidence and with indomitable courage and indefatigable industry he finally succeeded in accomplishing the difficult undertaking with which his name and fame are justly identified so far as mr cooper and his family were concerned they did what they could to secure the success of the enterprise and i think it may be justly asserted that without mr cooper's assistance and absolute faith in the final success of the undertaking its realization would have been postponed for many years in the end he was fully indemnified and perhaps amply rewarded for his investment but without detracting in the slightest from the credit which is justly accorded to mr field i think i am justified in making at your request this brief statement in order to show that without the unflinching courage and cooperation of mr cooper mr field would hardly have been in a position to achieve the triumph which he finally secured and for which his memory is entitled to the veneration of succeeding generations End of section 4